Here we are with the second movie that we're discussing for the Christmas slasher episode, Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Yeah. Directed by Charles E. Cellier Jr. Written by Paul Kamey, based on his story, and Michael Hickey. Music by Perry Botkin Jr. Made for a budget of 750000 U.S., only grossed $2.5 million, but we'll get to the reason why that's the case. Um, this movie would have blown it out of the fucking water if they would have left it in the theater. Um, <laughs> principal players, Robert Brian Wilson playing Billy. Uh, another Billy. <laughs> Traumatized, oh, Billy. <laughs> Traumatized child who grows up to become a deranged Easter bunny. I mean, Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, and... Um, the only he wasn't he was in a bunch of TV roles. I just thought it was funny that one of them was called A Husband for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I would force Noah to watch. Oh. I need a husband for Christmas. And I mean, that's how we ended up married. I need I a husband for Halloween. Would put a bag over your head. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely tries to choke me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then leave you in the attic for days. <laughs> There's plenty of cats here. <laughs> <laughs> we have a cat. I'll just spray paint the word clot on him and throw him in there with you. Oh. <laughs> we have Tony Nero playing Pamela, uh, the toy store uh, co-worker and an ungrateful hoe. <laughs> I mean, you save you save a woman from getting basically molested by her boss, and had had you know, and how she pay you back by like screaming bloody murder. I don't I don't get it, folks. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> there was a discontinuity there. There was the disconnect about what happened. I was like, do you realize what just took place? And your and your rebuttal is you're a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You like, deserve oh, to die at that point, ma'am. That's on you, ma'am. You asked for that. Did, like, um, okay, did she? Yes. No. 100%. I would be terrified too if somebody like brutally like What were you more terrified over? The dude trying to pin you down and have his way, or the dude that came in and saved your ass? Well, her titties were out, so clearly she wanted it. Right, I'm just kidding. From the murderer or from the the rapey fucking <laughs> supervisor. She was just one of many pairs of tits in this movie that gets exposed. This is a very boob centric movie. Uh, Tony Nero was just I mean mainly TV roles. Nothing really stood out to me whenever I looked at her IMDb. Um, but we have Linnea Quigley. God bless <laughs> Linnea Quigley. Playing Denise, the negligent babysitter. There you go, another babysitter. Also, boobs, boobs, more boobs. She's That's hot. I'll give her that. <laughs> uh, and, and she was 80s hot. That's a different kind of oh, hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's more that natural type of hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if anybody doesn't know, we're going to be covering Linnea Quigley quite a bit this season, if not oh, on the podcast in general, because she's a big time. Well, her boobs for one, but she's a big time '80s scream queen. Her boobs will be I covered, mean, but technically they'll only be covered because they're uncovered. We'll be talking about them. <laughs> she's uh, Return of the Living Dead. Got a very big nude scene in that movie. Uh, Night of the Demons. A very big nude scene in that movie. She actually shows a, uh, uh, a lipstick tube in one of her titties, and you know, there's that. <laughs> it just pops in there. It disappears. It's fine. <laughs> And then she spends the rest of the movie topless. That's what she does. Uh, the 1988 version, by the way, they did make a remake with Shannon Elizabeth, and Shannon Elizabeth does not get naked, you know, like, boo. like so boo on her. Yeah. 
she is playing a different character technically, but still, boo. Uh, graduation Day, um, Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, Innocent Blood, Witch Trap, Nightmare Sisters. Nightmare Sisters is going to be an interesting one to cover during Demon Season. Um, you get the three hottest screen queens of the 80s looking as fine as they fucking can, going around basically being succubi and, like, you know, devouring men's souls in addition to probably other things. That's that's going to be a, a, an interesting one. Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, you get what you get with that title. Um <laughs> <laughs> which actually actually had the original uh, actor who played Leatherface playing in that movie, he actually played a speaking part for once. Uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball, uh, Bolarama, uh, and then uh, various other movies. Okay, so I'm she's... sorry. We are not. We are absolutely not going to breeze over Clownado. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Miss a classic like that. You're fucking up. Yeah, what is wrong with you? Well, let's be fair that uh, that is her in her later years, yes. and Lina- and time has not been kind to Linnea Quigley. I'm just going to throw it out there. It hasn't. What, let me see a picture. Did she put on the fucking well? No, weight? she did not. No, she looks she, like a. She's she's super skinny. She's just very skinny. aged. There, did I take it? Her teeth took a shit. She just. It's like it's I, she might. I think she's like a smoker, maybe like she did for years, and so she's got like the smokers like wrinkles too. Yeah, her, I'll like, see if I can. Bad. I'll see if I can pull it up. Anyways, moving forward. Uh, Lillian Chavin playing Mother Superior, <laughs> <laughs> who is a major contributing factor to Billy's insanity. And I will pause it. I will go ahead and throw it out here now. She is the final girl of this movie. <laughs> Oh my god! What are you even is talking she about? not? No. She is. No. She is. Nope. Play is I'm no a survivor. Alexa, role. play I'm a survivor by Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, she literally does nothing. She actually provokes the killer. Yeah. But she is the final girl. This <laughs> like it or not, does not have a final girl. <laughs> well, you sir are wrong. No, you're uh, wrong, Colonel Sanders. Uh, you're wrong, Colonel Sanders. I don't have a good photo of Linnea Quigley, but this was her in 2007, so she was going downhill, but it's not yeah, her now. She's old as fuck. Yes, exactly. How old is she in that picture? It's... How long ago was 2007? Uh, we need some 15 reason. years ago. 15-ish years. Can so you she pull was, like a 2018? She was 50, 50 years old there. Not that bad. She she looks like it's like dog years when you're talking about Hollywood people. They usually fucking either die and their hips fall out, <laughs> or they or they get enough plexus surgery where it's hard to tell if they're even the same person. Well, Nate Quigley's just so you know has been in a ton of shit. Like you know, like lately, I mean, a bunch of like straight to not even video because they don't make that anymore. <laughs> but like straight to Tubi. Yeah, her, uh, my favorite movie movies. she was in. I heard you mention it before. I got some water. It was Clownado. Nope. <laughs> Was Demon Knight. Not Demon Knight. Uh, what's it called? Um, Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. God that's, damn. That's a good movie. There are so many good titties in that movie. Oh. And, there and is. Not to mention. There, there is. Not to mention. 
my favorite thing that besides the, the titty work that the Linnea Quigley does in that movie, there's a scene for no reason at the beginning of the movie where she goes inside. I believe it's like inside of a, a uh, like a convenience store and, and to, to distract the, the guy who's working at the counter so that one of her friends can steal some food for the party. She bends over and she's got like this pink dress on and just these like thong, like panties. And she's just bending over and shaking it for every, everybody to see. And like, that's a good long time of, and of course the guy's distracted hell who yeah. wouldn't be i mean so you know my favorite part so, of the movie is it was when she shoves that lipstick into her nipple <laughs> it's pretty, do i have to hear this good... one more time i'm gonna fucking lose my shit no. <laughs> that is a classic 80s movie it is it, it she did come back for okay, the uh let me the tell remake, you when way. you're a young boy and you find something with that much titty that's not considered x-rated you're watching that over and over and over and over again. You know why girls are so under-sexualized when it comes to movies in terms of this was an awesome movie because I got to see Dick? Because we didn't get to see Dick <laughs> you until like very anyways. recently. Okay, if you had a Chippendales on one corner that was open as much as a strip club and a regular strip club, what do you think is going to see more traffic? Well, the strip club. And yeah, it, I even, would, even women will be going to it. Let's not yes, kid ourselves. Okay, so if we're taking that perspective, people like to see titty and bush. Yeah, they, they don't want to see coconuts and fucking. There are women branches. that love to see dick. So not in the scale that people like to see titties. So did they not put dick in movies because, or at least like naked, like guy butt, like butts and stuff? We didn't see hardly any guys' butts or anything either. Noah. She has confirmed to me that she is going to watch Sleepaway Camp this season. If she wants to see Dick, she's going to see Dick this season. See it. I've seen Dick in movie. Look at it. You stare. Sometimes you laugh. Sometimes you make a disgusted face. But you see it. And it's nice to know that it's there is all I'm saying, okay? I'm just saying. Because, like, we don't. Titties like, are pleasing. They're nice. They're soft. They're delicate. Yeah, but we see them all the time. So girls And get, they never get fucking old. Not for you, you guys. You show I'm me your titties girls. all day long. I know. And I will we know. not get tired of them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. I, I remember that Rodney Carrington, like, comedy skit that he did. And he was just, like, he talks about going to a strip club down in, like, Florida. And he's, like, basically, the, they're haggard old bitches, like, during the, you know, the day. Like, no, you know, they're haggard down to their knees said the old lady walks up to him and says you want to see you know you want to me put on a show and he's like he said he looked at her for a second and he's like well if you've seen one pair of titties you want to see all the titties so yes <laughs> go ahead put the show on i guarantee i guarantee if we were hanging out all day long and i was giving you the helicopter action and you'll get tired of it eventually me you could just walk around with your titties out all day long i would never say you should probably put a shirt on you probably would if the kids were walking around no <laughs> If, I'm telling you, at, at a certain point, you're going to tell me you should probably put some fucking pants on. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. That's a bench you're going to come down the pipeline. <laughs> That's the difference. Titties don't get old. I'm always trying to look at your wiener. I'll show you all day no, long. No, that is not true. He's always hiding his wiener from me. <laughs> Any guy who gets out of the shower is hiding his wiener. This might be a shock to the reverend because I I haven't gone into the Scooby gang and be like, hey guys, do you hide your wiener from your wives? But like, <laughs> when you show up in the shower, yeah, I take cold fucking showers. <laughs> no, he does. He does take cold showers. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's the case. Yeah, you need to be hiding that shit. You don't want to be that, looking yeah. bad. That's I mean. fine, but it's not just that. It's other times. But anyways, okay, moving on from wieners. 
Well, speaking of old titties, <laughs> Lillian Chauvin uh, was in Predator 2, <laughs> Universal Soldier, uh, Catch Me If You Can, and uh, tons of TV work. <laughs> we, we have Gilmer McCormick playing Sister Margaret. Uh, she's the Dr. Loomis of the film. Uh, the the only one that really seems to care about Billy. And yeah. that's, that's sad, but she is. Yeah. Uh, Britt Leach plays Mr. Sims, the clueless manager of the toy store. And I'm just going to throw it out there. He's my favorite side character. Uh, he's got a lot in this film that you can't beat. He just does. Uh, uh, he was in weird science, the last starfighter and the great outdoors, the great outdoors. That's where we get to see the bear ass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big bear, Gets big shot bear. Right off, big bear ass. <laughs> we have Will Hare playing Grandpa, the creepiest Doom Prophet in Doom Prophet history. I think. Oh God, that was ah <laughs> uh, ah. Uh, like he could have been in Smile. He could have. That was a creepy scene. Just a, yeah. just a little kid by himself, and then oh, it's fine. He's been in a, basically a vegetable for the past whatever many years. We'll go get some, you know, food, and and then Susie steps out. It's like, are you been good this year? Santa yeah. Claus will fucking kill you. Yeah, you know, it's like his, damn. The great facial acting for sure. I can only hope I get to do it to my grandkids one day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as the parents come back, you just act like nothing's wrong. How desensitized. Yeah, just go right back into your vegetable state. No, nobody knows the difference. If our kids are so desensitized, how much worse is it going to be for our grandkids? <laughs> that's going to skip a generation, and that's going to be the one that you like. You can really freak out with this shit. Well, like, that's the thing uh, is, we actually want to spend time with our grandkids, unlike our parents. So, if our kids don't start them young, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have Charles Deercop uh, playing uh, the killer Santa before Billy becomes the killer Santa, uh, who is a murderous psycho that started everything in this movie. And uh, Randy Strumpf uh, playing Andy, the cock-blocked and blue-balled victim uh, who doesn't get to bang Denise. And, got, <laughs> and I, I feel for that man. I really do. Like, Come on. He, he had it worse than anybody. Do you think he would have laid the pipe? He would have froze up like a fucking piece of ice. <laughs> he probably would have, but uh, there was a whenever he said that he was going to kill Linnea Quigley at one point, I, I felt that blue ball energy coming from him. I really did. You so. know, maybe if he would have got some fucking wussy. That's what I was thinking. Maybe his whole life would have turned around. <laughs> that one incident, we're like, why in the fuck would I want to kill somebody? This is amazing. <laughs> Synopsis, after being severely traumatized by his near-vegetable grandpa, <laughs> young Billy witnesses the death of his parents by a psychotic Santa Claus. Years later, a bunch of nuns say, hold my wine, and add sexual <laughs> hang-ups and corporal punishment to Billy's list of issues. All this culminates in a massive killing spree while an 18-year-old Billy is working at a toy store and forced, forced to become Santa. Crazy gas station Santa slays, naughty, Nuns do what they do best. Punish. Linnea Quigley has one of the best scenes we are likely to see in these slashers. It's okay now. Santa is gone. <laughs> you know the thing that gets me about this is you didn't mention his mom. Oh, and her titties, yes. <laughs> She's a classically trained actress throughout the years. Adult actress? No. Oh, okay, just actress. Just she kept together for a minute into the 90s and fell the fuck apart. 
I didn't know anything about that. I was just trying to hit the highlights because I had so much other stuff to cover, you know, for this movie. So well, I was apparently just like trying titties to... are highlights, so they are for yeah. shame. Body count for this movie is 14. That's, okay, that's but how there. much was the titty count? <laughs> Too many to count. Well, let's see. <laughs> there was, I, I'm pretty sure the mom showed her tits. Yes. I remember right. Uh, well, then we had the, the, the woman who was banging the guy at the, at the, you know, the orphanage or yep. the school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the, the girl who worked at the toy store. Mm-hmm. That was, toy titties. Yeah. Then we had Denise. Mm-hmm. Um, Classic was that titties. all the titties? I think that was it. So that is a count of eight titties. Yeah. Eight titties and 14 dead bodies. Um, the cashier died, Billy's parents, Hold Andy. Technically that's. <laughs> 16 titties because it's a double effect. Noah, it was four women. So oh. it's eight titties. <laughs> Holy bet. shit, he's seeing double, everyone. Uh, all them titties are getting yeah. to at this point. Uh, cashier, Billy's parents, Andy, Pamela, Mr. Sims, Mrs. Randall, Denise, Tommy, Bob, Mac, off screen, Father O'Brien. Uh, how was that? How would that be to be like this just old priest who's fucking <laughs> deaf and you, you dress up as Santa Claus and you get blasted by the cops? I mean. He never heard it coming. It's not even that. The cops is like, like, oh, our bad. Yeah. Our bad. We're not going to get in trouble for this. We don't have body cams. This like, is that. Do you understand what is happening right now? There is a serial killer coming for you. We are trying to save your lives right now. <laughs> Let me shoot you in the back really quick. Oh, my God. He got mowed over. Um, Officer Barnes, and then, of course, Billy himself. Only nine people in total were murdered by Billy as the cashier and Billy's parents were killed in the prologue by the Santa-clad criminal. Father O'Brien was mistaken for being promptly shot by Barnes, while Billy himself was killed by Officer Richards. Pretty much Um, in this movie, I think we learn really, not early on, but this was in the earlier years of slashers, that if you showed your titties, you're getting killed. Yes. 100% of titties were slashed in this film. Um, yeah. And, uh, let, let's just talk about these, some of these kills. I, you have to give best kill I, in my, well, I say that there's two in this movie that I think are, are top tier. Although they, there's a lot of good kills in this movie. I've got to give it credit. Uh, Denise is at the top of my list, not mm-hmm. just because her boobies are out the entire time, but that, that helps. But she shoved through fucking deer antlers and yeah. just left there. That's awesome. Yeah. For the little girl <laughs> to find her, I was kind of waiting to hear her. You know, you, you and, know, uh, you know what got me like when we're watching a movie because we're watching high def. There's a lot of frames that go fucking low quality. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh yeah, he noticed that low and high and yeah. Um, I did, but here's here's something. I don't know what version you had of it. There was an uh, there's an unrated version, which is one I watched, and those scenes that are very very low res. That's because they couldn't find the original camera negative, and so they just had to patch together from the VH ta- VHS tapes that still existed, uh, and that that was the best they could do with it. So oh, that's okay. why if you watch the unrated version, they that was all they could do. Like the highest res stuff was straight from the video source. Yeah, we, we had the unrated version. Yeah, so that's the reason. So those scenes you saw in between, they they had to patch those together with it, with whatever they could find because the original film elements for that were destroyed. Yeah, it was weird. It only really happened on the death scenes. The death scenes are the ones that got low quality. Yeah, because I think they really ramped the gore up, and they didn't. And didn't, and it's funny too because given the history of this film, when I get into trivia, what happened to it? 
if the parents had seen what the whole entire movie would have been like, they would have probably, I mean, not just tried to get the movie removed from theaters, which they succeeded in. They would have probably burnt down the towns that they were showing them in out of frustration. If they were that concerned about it. <laughs> um, but, um, so the niece being hoisted up on the deer antlers, mm-hmm. superb kill. Uh, the, the, the thug that like takes the one kid's sled and oh, yeah. he's not, and he's rolling up through there, a naughty. And then just like his head gets chopped off and it rolls down the hill. I'm like, that's, that's quality right that's there. That's one of my favorite scenes yeah. as a kid is him getting his head lopped off on the sled. Yeah. That was my favorite <laughs> watching. Cause this was my first time watching this. I know that's a shocker to you guys. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I, as soon as I saw the sled scene is like, my mind's like, Oh, I remember this scene. And just I'll choosh. be honest with you, this was my first time watching this movie, and wow. I absolutely oh. fucking love it. I cool. love it. <laughs> really? I, I mean, it's one of those things where I always saw it at the video store, but I never watched it. I was like, I don't know. I was too scared to watch it or something <laughs> when I was a kid. I don't know. That well, was probably it, I was, me. I probably wouldn't have been allowed to rent this. Well, it's a dice roll because you can have a good cover, but we've seen so many movies with good covers just fucking blow. So you oh, see yeah. it, you're like, eh, I don't know. Dead Pit is a perfect example because that movie had a kick-ass like zombie crawling out of the grave, and then you watch the movie and it's boring as fuck. Like it's one of the worst zombie movies out there. So yeah, that that happened all the time. I don't know how my parents knew because back in the day you didn't have access really to. I mean, I guess you would just go off the rating, but you didn't really have access to Google to be like, okay, what's in this film, Reverend? Sometimes I mentioned to you like, hey, you've seen this film. You know, can little Lucifina see it? Um, she's 14 or you know, definitely you're like, oh, sometimes, yeah, her, but definitely not the 12 year old, you know, whatever. But yeah. like, so I wasn't allowed to see movies. I wouldn't have been able to see this movie because it had titties in it and a tiny sex scene. If if this had been played, if my parents had rented this and I was watching with them, they would have made me cover my eyes or whatever <laughs> until the scenes were over. Um, that's how sheltered I was. Um, I wasn't allowed to see even like a, a simulated sex scene until I was like 12 or 13, I think. My parents were like, whatever, you know, like they weren't whatever. They were just like, okay, but you need to know, you know, be mature about this. Yeah, it it's one of those things where I just it I always missed the boat on this because I, I thought it was a different movie than what it ended up being. Like whenever I did finally watch it for this podcast but it's funny because i saw part two like last year uh i saw it first because it was on joe bob's uh christmas special and i watched it and i and and so i i didn't know what to expect from this one because i knew this one was slightly more serious in tone than the second one but it's not by very much yeah (laughs) not completely but yeah punish it's (laughs) The, the funny thing is, is that I didn't realize this uh, in the new movie, Violent Night with David Harbour. He says naughty a lot, and they say that that's a direct callback to this movie, that they're referencing this movie whenever he says that. Oh, my God. See, I keep asking my husband, but I think after I said da- hot dad bod uh, <laughs> oh <my God>. David <laughs> Harbour, he was like, there. nope. You, you know what movie was hella good I saw was uh, uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Was oh, that is that the new one that's on uh, Shutter or? Yes, it's the one about oh. the robot Santa. Yeah, the robot Santa Claus. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people uh, they they either love it or hate it just because of the way that it was filmed. Because they say that there's a lot of like lights and it, you know and, and the way that they're, they're like very bright and phosphorescent and, and like they some people hate that for it's whatever good. reason. If if you get a chance, watch it. It's good. 
Um, going back to the kills, I'm going to say that even though um, I did really, I mean, clearly I loved the antlers um, and I love the head getting lopped off even more than the antlers, believe it or not. Um, I liked watching the dream sequence where Pamela got her uh, side sliced open, but then in real life it happened right down the middle of her stomach. Okay. I, I, cause, I because mean, I thought it looked so real, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't feel like any of the kills in this movie are bad because even like the kills at the beginning when the Santa is like shooting that guy, you know, at the cashier at the mm-hmm. gas station, that that's a pretty, I mean, especially when he puts the bullet through the guy's head and like the blood's yeah, oozing out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's well done, I mean, for what they did with it. Yeah. Um, the uh, Sam's getting the, the claw from the claw hammer and, you know, embedded in his head. Uh, the, the one... Uh, the one lady that was working with him that tries to escape and yeah. she gets shot with an arrow through her chest. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, they were all good I, kills, I just, but the one, like, I don't know, maybe, like, it felt like I felt it when it was happening is why it was more effective to me. Yeah, well, that probably goes back to what we was talking about with Alice Sweet Alice where that's, like, there was a little bit more realistic so you could associate the pain with it a little bit better than, like, some of the other kills in the movie because the head getting lopped off, the antlers, I mean, mm-hmm. they're out there. They're they're fun to watch, but they're not, like, you know, uh, anything you can really empathize with whenever you're watching the movie. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite parts is when he was holding up that shitty fucking supervisor. With, with, just choking him oh, with yeah. one hand. Yeah, that was so fucking epic. He just full on rage mode. He's been working in the back, lifting all these heavy ass boxes, yeah. being shitted on. He's grabbed well, hold of that here, little fuck. Here, here's the thing: you you get a guy who's been traumatized not once but twice in his life because these nuns at all Mother Superior in particular for years. All this extra like sexual baggage to his trauma and everything else. And then the fucker grows up to be like a beast. Like, I yeah. mean, he's just like, you know, super tall, super well-built. It's like, that's not a good, uh, that's not the fucker you want to grow up to be a beast. I mean, it just is. <laughs> and then you give him a manual labor job moving boxes. And then, and then, I don't know if Sister Margaret told Mr. Sims but, you know, about the whole Santa, his past with Santa Claus and all that. But of all people, it's like, who can I get in the store to be Santa Claus? I know. Let's make Billy be Santa Claus. <laughs> totally. I mean, did, did okay, did the store owner know? Because I know as soon as the sister found out, she was like, son of a bitch, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't think he knew. And I don't, but I don't know if she didn't tell him because she was afraid he wouldn't get the job. Yeah. For being so fucked it up. It would make or... sense because, like, she was like, please, we've literally talked to everybody in this town. Nobody wants to hire him. They know he has a little bit of mental issues. <laughs> It's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's so much that it's laughable, but at the same time, it's, it's just enjoyable. It's like, how much more can you pile on this guy? Like, no wonder he cracked. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, as far as the stuff we normally break down, like, you know, acting, sound, and all that, I don't have anything fault this movie. It's fairly well put together for what it is. Like, you, I expect this movie to look like, because, I watched part two first, so keep that in mind. I expected the first one to be dog shit, and I was actually surprised. I'm like, this is a well-done slasher movie. I mean, it's the, the visually, the effects are not bad. I mean, the acting, you don't you don't expect world-class acting in a slasher movie. No, yeah. Don't, no, know? not by any means. So, <laughs> um... and, and, and it's fun. That's all you want out of these movies. It's fun, you know. Fun and titties. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, do you have anything to add to it, either one of you, before I kind of talk about part two? Because <laughs> I, I have to throw it in here. I'm going to be a survivor and save myself to the end of the of the podcast or the show. So that way I don't, you know, get murdered out of this too soon. But also I don't want to give away <laughs> my thoughts. Okay. I, there's just a lot of good kills. Well, one of my favorite ones is when that cop gets the axe right in the chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, the one that goes down in the little basement yeah. or whatever, and he gets like the axe thrown right at him. Um, I thought it was funny. This movie is like one of the first times that I saw like axe throwing the way that people do it recreationally now. It's like you know that that's I don't, maybe that was a thing back then too, but it was just kind of funny. I was like, they were you know because the way he threw the axe at the wall toward Denise at one point, it's like you know it it reminded me of the axe throwers that people do just as like a fun thing now. Oh my god. Um, have you, have you, either one of you saw Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Garbage Day? <laughs> that's not the name of it, but that's what I call it. I was about to it. say, because I, from, I didn't hear that it was called Garbage Day, but from what I read about it, it's not great. I, I think hey, I might have seen it. Do you have, because you said there's like five of them, and didn't you get all five of them, yeah, babe? Oh my God, he's got all five of them in his possession. Um, I started watching part three a while ago, right before the podcast. It, it starts out insane, and it's, you've literally got the character being played by Bill Mosley, who's supposed to be the killer uh, left over from part two, Ricky. Uh, which speaking of that, how, that ending of the movie, can't leave that out. Uh, not only do you have Billy who's been t- traumatized, that little kid who <laughs> sees the father O'Malley or whatever his name is shot in front yeah. of him. And then gets sees Billy killed in front of it is his little infant brother from the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his little brother, Ricky, who goes on to be the killer in the second movie and technically in the third, because Bill Mose and it's the worst setup ever because like he's, He's he's shot by the cops in the second movie at the end of it, and they hint that he's still alive. Well, in the third movie, it's a completely different actor. It's it's uh, Bill Mosley who's been in a ton of stuff. He was you know in in the all the Rob Zombie you know movies like House of a Thousand Corpses and all that. He played Otis, so you know he's that guy, and uh, played Chop Top and Texas Chainsaw too. But he's like he's got this big dome around his head, and it's like you can see his brains, and there's like blood percolating in there, and it's like that's that's. That's how they've kept him alive. Like that's how oh. part three starts out. <laughs> who kept him, who who kept him alive? The hospital. Uh, some doctor at a institute where, and I don't even know at this point in the movie because I just watched the first few minutes. He has got this blind woman that he's doing like these uh, sleep studies on, and she's supposedly psychic on top of everything else, and so he's trying oh, to link her mentally God. to Ricky, who is in a coma, and and trying, and it that's what part three starts out with. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> but part two, you. You all need to watch this movie. I swear to God, like it is so bad, it is good. It is like <laughs> Troll Two. It, it's oh, the acting oh, is fucking. That is the, such a bad movie. Holy it, shit! It, it is, but and this movie's terrible. But what do you say, Troll you, Two? Yes, and <clears throat> it doesn't follow anything of the what the the Troll storyline's supposed to be. I don't even. I, troll was so traumatizing to me as a child. Troll Two. I the forgot. Special effects are so fucking bad. Oh, they're real bad, yeah. Um, so that's what Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is. Uh, you have uh, the Eric Freeman, who's playing Ricky, is one of the worst actors I've seen in a movie, but in such a good way. Like, his line <laughs> delivery is, like, amazingly bad. And it's 
there's a there's a line in the movie where there's or there's part in the movie where the 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 guy who's interviewing him he's, he's supposed to be in like a mental hospital and the and like he this is like the i don't know like the 12th or so like uh psychiatrist who's like trying to figure out ricky's deal like if they can rehabilitate him and he's going over Ricky's past and he talks about the first time Ricky killed anybody. And it was this one guy who was out in the middle of this, uh, you know, like property that was next to Ricky's adopted mom or whatever. Like after she passed away, like he was just walking the property and this guy was out there and he was getting ready to basically molest this woman. Um, in this movie, the woman actually is appreciative because, but in a totally funny way. So the guy, Ricky tells him it's like, he, he, because he repeats the naughty line that's you know he that's coming back to him so he's like naughty and like you know and it, it's a different actor at that point and anyways the guy the guy gets up and he's pissed because he's, he's like let me take care of this real quick and then we'll be back to you and we're gonna finish this talking to the woman so he goes and he goes back to his jeep well he doesn't see ricky anywhere around so he steps he walks around a little bit well he's right in front of the jeep Ricky hops in the Jeep, turns it on, immediately runs the guy over. The woman comes over. She looks at the dead body. She looks at Ricky, and she's like, thank you, and then walks off. <laughs> just just walks off. <laughs> that's that's the first side that you – the kind of movie you've got. Now, this is after they've repeated, like, they've shown actual footage for – I mean, he's given a backstory to how he got to that point because they, they got to tell about Billy first. So you literally watch a recap, <laughs> like, for a third of this movie – of the first movie scene for scene, like they just stole the scenes from it. And, and right after this, whenever it shows the part where Ricky runs the guy over in a red car, you see on the doctor's paper, he has written in big letters, red color car, red car or something. And then he like, you know, it's like he's highlighted it. He can't find Ricky anywhere in the, the office, you know, in the little room that they've got him in. And he looks around and Ricky's suddenly beside of him and he looks down and he looks back up the doctor and he's like, red car. Good point. And oh that's that's God. how that guy's acting is through the movie. Like that's how he delivers his line. Yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> I can't. Fucking holy shit. Um, there's a scene where right after that, whenever he he sees these two guys fighting outside of his work, and like of course he's just like Billy, he's big and swole too. So, you know, they they both had to grow up that way. And uh th- these two guys are fighting, and I can't remember what it's about, it doesn't it has no bearing on the plot. So the one guy beats up the other guy, and because he has to punish the naughty, because that's what he does. <laughs> the naughty. He 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 finds he finds an umbrella next to this guy, and he sticks the umbrella through the guy, and and you know detaches it so it'll you know like expand, and it blows out the other side of the guy's chest, and then it begins raining onto the umbrella that's covered in blood. I'm like, this movie just keeps on giving. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen, but at the same time, you can't look away. Can, can, um, can we think of okay? Hold on. It it doesn't give any backstory to the initial character, uh, how he's that jacked at eighteen years old. It doesn't talk about him playing sports. It doesn't talk about him out working on a farm. He he basically wor- he lives as an orphan at this orphanage, where he doesn't really do anything that would give him those kinds of muscles. No. Well, actually, in this movie, Ricky was adopted by this lady, and they, and they moved to, like, California for some reason. And uh, 
his adopted father died like about five years after they, they, you know, took, took him on. And then she passed away after that. And then, yeah, there, and, but there's no, between the time that he run over the guy in the red Jeep and then the time that he's all super swole outside of the, you know, the, this business he's working at, there's no context to, as to why he suddenly jacked versus the character <laughs> that played him as a younger age. Um, but the funniest line in the movie, it's, it, it's, so he, there's this whole arc where he meets this one chick. He's like, he thinks he's this badass biker at one point, And this one chick, uh, you know, about runs him over and then she gets out of the car and like, he's sitting there and he talks about how, how fucking hot she was. And she's not a bad looking, you know, actress or whatever in the movie. But, um, she has this dirtbag boyfriend ex or ex-boyfriend and the guy starts giving Ricky shit at some point. So Ricky like takes the leads from the car and like attaches them to the guy's face and like fries him. And it's hilariously bad facts, it, but it's, it's so, it's so bad. It's good. It's 12 volts. What is that going to do? It, it fries the guy, the guy's eyeballs pop out. The, that wouldn't happen. That's, like, that's not, oh my God. I'm just telling this is the kind of movie you got. So the, the girlfriend freaks out. She's like, I can't be with you. Blah, blah. She tries to run away. Ricky snaps the antenna off the car, wraps it around her neck, chokes her to death. And, well, first of all, my favorite thing is like when he goes, she, he catches her next to the car. And right whenever he goes to rip off the antenna, she just looks at him. And she goes, Oh no. And that's her line delivery for this and gets choked out and dies. And so he's like totally like batshit insane at this point. He gets a gun. I don't even remember from who. It and just shows just up shooting random people that that's around the area. This one guy and my favorite part in the reason I caught garbage day. It's the best line in the movie. meaning it's the worst. He's sitting there and this guy just randomly setting his trash out in the suburb and Ricky walks up and he's got the gun there and the guy, and he looks at the guy and he's like garbage day. And then he just blows the guy away. Like that, that's, that's the, and it's said such a terrible way that it, it's great. Oh my um, God. And even better right after this, there's a car that's coming down the street. He sees the car. He shoots at it. The car flips over once and I shit you not. It fucking explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the quality of the cars back in the day. <laughs> this movie, I'm, I swear to God. And then like the end of it, he breaks out. He kills the guy who's interviewing him. He gets out. He's got the sand outfit. On. It's the only time in the movie. He's actually got the sand outfit the entire time. The rest of the movie, if there's the Santa killer, it's been Billy and flashbacks. So he goes to mother superior's house, uh, sister Margaret, like, you know, realizes what's happening. She's still in the mix. So she tries yeah. to go, uh, you know, Say, it's a it... different actress this time. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and they, they, they set up that the orphanage burned down like a few years. And that's the reason, you know, after everything happened with Billy. And so Mother Superior, to account for the fact that Lily Chauvin was not either didn't agree to come back for this or she was already dead by that point, whatever happened. I, I, she No, she's probably still been alive because this was in the 80s and she was in Catch Me If You Can. She just probably didn't come back. They had a different actress. So to cover that up, they gave her like these burn wounds on her face. It looks like leprosy. It doesn't oh look like God. a burn wound at all. It just, it, it's awful looking. She uh she gives uh Ricky shit whenever she sees him. Um, he ends up chopping her head off, and it's 
And it's funny because then the movie sister Margaret comes in the room and, and Mother Superior is sitting there behind like this table. And she's like, Mother Superior, are you okay? Are you okay? And like whenever she touches her, of course, it's the scene where like the seam separates and her head like rolls off or whatever. Uh, Ricky comes after uh, Ma- uh, Margaret with the, the axe. He gets shot by the police, falls out the window, and that's the reason, he, you know, he, he looks up, you know, rides the Kratos, get ready to roll, letting you know that he's still alive to set up part three. But, I mean, it is, whew, I'm telling you, like, there's so much bad in this movie that it just turns good after a certain point. Like, you're watching it, it's like the acting's terrible, the kills are not that good. Like, I mean, he's literally, he shoots, like, half the people that he kills just with a pistol. Like, it's terrible, but it's good, you know, because it's so bad. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. You 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 you, you have can to watch, watch it. I'll, I'll hear dream what you it. Have to say about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but if I was, I mean, it, if you can appreciate trash movies that go so far and they, they they try so much, but they they just fail at all levels, and they, it's almost like the Ed Wood effect. Like you know, Ed Wood made like these terrible movies, but he got a cult following because they're so awful that people enjoy them. Um, that's Silent Night Deadly Night too. <laughs> And that's the show, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> no, there's trivia. We got we got other <laughs> stuff joking. to get to cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll just go with the trivia, and then we can give our reviews of Silent Night Deadly Night, the first movie, the that actual decently made one of the two. <clears throat> so it opened in the same weekend as The Nightmare on Elm Street in '84. Oh yeah, and it actually outgrossed. Elm Street. It was on record to, it was going to be a better movie, better, uh, you know, money-making movie than Elm Street. But Yes. Um, uh, Let's see. It was playing in more than twice as many theaters as Nightmare at the time, but the gross fell about 45% by the second weekend, uh, even before the film was pulled from the theater. So it was on track, but then like it, but I guess like people, you know, uh, started like words started getting around and like, you know, th- there was a, there was a bunch of parents that got pissed off. So what happened was that the release of the film was picketed by angry parents who were not happy to see Santa Claus depicted as an ax murderer. Despite the fact that tales from the crypt and the movie in 72 had done the same exact thing and Christmas evil in 80 had done the same thing, uh, you know, uh, a few years prior. Uh, those angry parents formed a group called Citizens Against Movie Madness. Oh, my oh God. God. And in addition to picketing, also asked oncoming patrons uh, to sign petitions to have the film uh, removed from the, the box office. As a result, uh, box office receipts plummeted once the film was pulled from theaters after barely two weeks, and the film was shelved for another year when it was released on VHS Uncut, which has since gone out of print. So a bunch of angry, pissed-off parents... Uh, did the first one of the ma- first major cancel cultures on this movie? Boo. Um, uh, all of the film's TV ads were pulled off the networks because of the trailer showing Santa carrying an axe, which practically depicted him as a mass murderer. Uh, this motivated parents to protest the film, resulting in it being yanked. Um, the sit- the founders of the Citizens Against Movie Madness hoped to use the victory they secured in getting Silent Night Deadly Night pulled to challenge the film industry on the amount of violence for other films as well. However, the group would fall apart shortly after this film was pulled and will never live up to its founder's dream. So these fuckers were going to go around picketing other movies uh-uh. and doing the same thing at the time. Damn. Well, did, did, it Producer, say, did it say how they fell apart? 
Uh, they just, I, th- I think they, they couldn't come together on like who their next target should be. And like, you know, they couldn't really raise the zeitgeist this like they did. Yeah, you know? we should ban this one. Well, I don't agree with that. Yeah, well, fuck you, Susan. You're not part of the fam. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden when you, when you start banning the things, that's where banning shit goes sour. Because people have different opinions. It's subjective. So you might coalesce around one thing you might want to ban. Then all of a sudden the goalpost moves in the direction you don't like. And you're like, fuck that. Why are we banning that? Then all of a sudden, shit goes off the rails. Yeah, I can only imagine, like, back in the day, like, I want to get this movie pulled. Why? Well, it's got a gay guy in it. It's like, I don't think that's cool, Steve. I don't think we should be doing that. <laughs> you know, just on and on and on. You know, I can imagine back in the day, that's that's probably what they talked about. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Producer Ira Barmack had to buy back the distribution rights to the film after TriStar pulled the film from theaters amidst the controversy. TriStar also rescinded deals with RCA Columbia for home video and HBO for cable distribution. Damn. At a 2014 screening with Beyond Fest and Dean uh, Death Waltz Records, uh, executive producer Dennis Whitehead stated the main reason for pulling the film may have actually been because Columbia TriStar was owned by Coca-Cola and they wanted to avoid offending the company since Christmas was a major Mm. advertising holiday. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if I saw that, sent that TikTok to you, you Urena, about uh, how uh, the one girl was trying to say that that Santa was a newly created god. Oh, yeah, a Nordic, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but American because of his basis from Coca-Cola kind of created the modern image of him. So you imagine the the people who created the modern Santa Claus would not have been happy with a killer Santa Claus. (laughs) Yeah. When asked during a 2015 interview about all the protests surrounding the film when it came out, Linnea Quigley said, oh, my God, I was shocked when my manager called me in Mexico uh, where she was filming another movie and said that I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, to me, that was just another horror film. I couldn't understand it at all. Of course Um, she couldn't. She was very desensitized. (laughs) (laughs) She was in all kinds of scary movies. She didn't give a shit. If anything, I'm surprised she didn't get protested against it for being in a movie where Santa and titties are depicted in the same film (laughs) or on screen at the same time. Get that horror Babylon out of there. Yeah. (laughs) In an interview with the uh, documentary Going to Pieces, The Rise and Fall of the Slasher Film in 2006, uh, Lillian Chauvin, Mother Superior, admitted it was a mistake to center the film's publicity campaign on Santa Claus and believed it would have have generated far less controversy if the studio instead focused on Billy's psychological plot. Also, in a story by People Magazine from November of 84, Robert Brian Wilson, um, said that, or who played Billy, said he felt so ashamed by the controversy he told his friends and family to avoid seeing the film. However, Wilson reversed his stance years later after sending, uh, seeing, attending a 30th anniversary screening and meeting with fans. Wilson has since made appearances at horror conventions and given interviews on his work the film. I think he got, I don't know if he necessarily had a, coming around just from seeing fans. I think he probably did like a lot of like these B movie actors who, you know, like they, they start seeing like the amount of cash you can get at. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love this movie now. I love it. You know, it's like naughty (laughs) money. Yeah. Many of the kills uh, scenes were directed uh, by ed- editor Michael Spence due to Char- director Charles E. Sillier Jr. being uncomfortable with handling the gore-heavy parts of the film. That's hilarious that the director couldn't stand the gore, so he's just like, hey, 
hey, editor, come in here and film these yeah, things. Can for you me. handle this for me? What the fuck? Oh my you god. Wussy. <laughs> Uh, Mickey Rooney, one of the vocal detractors of the film in 84, surprised people when he starred in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. The biggest fucking hypocrite in history. This wow. guy came out and said this movie should be removed from theaters in 84 when it premiered because it was so graphic and so horrible. And then he turns around and fucking stars in one of its sequels. Yeah, way to go, loser. Um, <laughs> it has been theorized that the film was shot under the title of The Toy Maker and the name Silent Night, Deadly Night was only added to the title in post-production to create an in-name-only <gasps> sequel. And then if Rooney knew that mm. the film was a Silent Night, Deadly Night sequel before shooting, he wouldn't have appeared in the film considering his feelings toward the original. Well, fucker, you're in a Silent Night, yeah. Deadly Night film, so. <laughs> Way to go. Phil fucking Donahue dedicated an entire hour of his TV show to the controversy surrounding this film. <laughs> hey, like I've said, all publicity is good pub- publicity. You know the thing that gets me about Phil Donahue? Motherfucker, you you were one like kind of the old school libertarians. You should have been rallying on the fucking side that people have their free choice not to go see this. No one's forced to see it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it feel, does it say in the what, in the, the trivia that he sided with the parents, but still, like, yeah, he but, should have been but, the one. Like, but Phil Donahue is one of the few people that would put on Anne Rand on on TV and and have her. That is give, true. Yeah, so it's wild that you take a position like that trying to. Played the played that position like oh you know this is kind of bad it's like well dude buddy it's a free market <laughs> no one's forced to go see it you know the decay of modern society's yeah. mor- morality blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, some horseshit uh, composer Perry Botkin Jr. improvised most of the score while watching a work print copy of the film on Betamax afterward <laughs> he'd replay the tape with his work and add more layers and melody to polish it off. Um, to protest the film, here we go. Critic Gene Siskel oh, read out loud the you. names of the companies that owned distributor TriStar Pictures on his and Roger Ebert's tel- television show uh. and then said, shame on you. He also called out the writer, director, and producer and said, you people have nothing to be proud of. Do you remember when people used to <laughs> use them as some kind of fucking metric yeah. to determine if something was worth watching? I still yeah, remember. It's like, well, Gene Siskel thinks it's a great movie, so it has to be. <laughs> every time, I, every time I remember, I, do you remember the critic they, when it came out with um, um, John Lovitz? It stinks. Yeah, that's all I could. <laughs> after they did that, all I could think about anytime I see those guys is that it stinks. <laughs> I used to love the critic, and now look at me. <laughs> oh man. The axe that gets embedded in the wall that Lonea Quigley is leaning against was real. So they actually threw a real axe at that wall next to her. Oh, Holy that's cool. her. She, she still had those titties out. She didn't care. Did they have a professional axe? Yeah. Thrower, like... What the fuck? That's a wild move. Uh, graphic designer Burt Klieger uh, created the infamous poster art of Santa going down the chimney with an axe. That is a badass poster. It I is. love it. So yeah. do I. That was an awesome fucking uh image for it i mean i like this the image of claire you know with the bag overhead mm-hmm. you know for black christmas but this is way this is uh, trumps it all the way around uh since the film's re-release in the spring of 86 almost all advertising of the film only excluding the fangoria films re-release in 2013 and the cover art uh, for all u.s video releases has focused on the controversy it created in 84 um had the movie stayed in the theaters longer, TriStar Pictures estimated it would have earned well over $20 million. Like in today's but, money or at that time? Uh, I would assume they're probably 
uh, saying for that time because yeah, that would have been appropriate. Um, yeah. What did what did Nightmare on Elm Street end up doing? Pulling it up right <laughs> now. Okay, well, because that would have been the, the kind of the barometer to a degree of what the success kind of might have might have been like. I'm I'm kind of curious what that would have came up as. Okay, hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. And it's hard too because Nightmare on Elm Street was able to ride. A, a success way without being pulled. Okay, so Nightmare you know, on Elm Street had a budget of one point one million dollars. It grossed fifty seven million, while box office of fifty seven million. I'm curious what it did like throughout its life. It had to do good, man. That was such. I a- wonder what how how well it would have done though if this was playing opposite, because you know one or the other would have got mm. the money at the time. So I'm wondering. Well, like- the, both of them probably could have got it too, because I I would have well. That's not true because there's a lot of theater hopping going on back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. You go to see one um, of them, you jump into the I next th- one. I think it's hilarious that parents didn't want an evil Santa Claus, but they're perfectly fine letting their kids go yeah. to a movie about a child molester. Yeah, uh, yeah. they came back with, with demons from the demons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in their dreams. <laughs> it's way more realistic. This priorities, people. Priorities. Um. When the remake, which I have not watched, by the way, titled Silent Night, came out in 2012, uh, the reaction was the polar opposite of what it was in 84 with people accepting the concept of a killer Santa wearing a Santa Claus or a killer wearing a Santa Claus suit. This may have also been the reason why Fangoria Films decided to re-release the original film in 2013, which led to the film finally appearing on paid cable channels in 2014. It was 2014 before this movie came out on cable. That's a long fucking time for acceptance. (laughs) Different times, people. Different times. Uh, the film's controversy led to Charles uh, Cellier having difficulty finding more work as a director, forcing him to retire from filmmaking and focus on producing instead. Damn. When did he die? Um, I don't know that, but I mean, the fact that this, like, he couldn't find any more work as a director after this, like, fuck, that's a, I mean, that's b- b- big time cancel culture for this poor guy. Well, the shitty part and, is he, I'm curious if he got to live to see the acceptance of the movie. Um, no, he died in 2011. Oh, oh shit. Right before. On, on, um, New Year's Eve. <sighs> Ooh, in Jeez. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Didn't so, even get to see the fucking, the big turn. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, principal photography lasted from March to, uh, to April 83. During this time, the snow was starting to melt, which caused the production team to shoot all the outdoor scenes first. Uh, the orphanage building was an abandoned schoolhouse that the crew had renovated for the film. It was demolished shortly after filming concluded. Wow. Funny thing is, though, even part three you reuses scenes from part one. So part one, like they they get a lot of mileage out of this movie because they use it in part two for most of the movie. It's scenes are shown again of the mother getting her shirt ripped off in part three. I mean, like it goes back to the same stuff over and over again. Titties. Uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam Raimi was considered to direct the film. Wow. The third one? No, the first uh, one. This? No, the first one. Ooh. That would have been, been a hell of a difference. Yeah, one night that too. But he might have been like, "Fuck you guys," and ran with it. <laughs> he probably would have. He probably wouldn't have cared about the controversy. He would probably get out there and like paid people to break the the, the dress up as up Santa's. Yeah, dress up as Santa's out in front of the theaters with axes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. You want to protest this shit? Okay, <laughs> protest this bitch. <laughs> Uh, the toy shop where Billy gets his first job is called Iris Toys. Uh, Iris is the first name of the film's pro- uh, one of the film's producers. Uh, the website Mr. Skin 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> Posted the top 10 horror films with the most female nude scenes in October of 2020. Uh, the list includes Witchcraft, another Linnea Quigley film, Friday the 13th, uh, which had, I mean, these, the, mo- the nude scenes, are, I don't know if they're rating them on minutes or, or just the amount of titties shown, but Witchcraft has 77 listed yeah. as the number. See, I've never 49 s- for. <laughs> Go ahead. 49 for Friday the 13th. Hellraiser had 24. Uh, Wrong Turn has 17. Piranha, I'm assuming they're mean the original, had 16. Hostel has 14. Silent Night, Daily Night has 14 nude scenes in it. and uh, Or 14, I don't know if maybe that's minutes total of nude scenes. Uh, Halloween has 14, and Amityville has 9. So See, I've never seen Witchcraft. Are... Is that any good? Yeah. <sighs> From what I understand, it's a very, very like B grade movie. But I think, if I remember right, it's directed by the same guy who made uh, Night of the Demons. Okay, and it was him working with Linnea Quigley again. So it's, the, I mean, it it it's a goofy concept where like this warlock is like you know, like evil warlocks using his powers and stuff. But I mean, you know, it, it it's got a lot of nude scenes. From my understanding, that's like the bulk of the film. Like he literally, Kevin. Uh, Teeny, I think's his name. Went, yeah, I guess he got up with Linnea's like, you up for some more nudes, you know, nude yeah. scenes? Because I know you like, you know, doing those. Was that it's witchcraft before or after Night of the Demons? Uh, I want to say it was after. Um, let me see here. He took all the best parts in the movie. Uh, it was in '88, so yeah, it was after. Um, let's see, Night of the Demons. I want to say that was. 60 or 86 no, i yeah. mean let's see like mid 80s if i remember see the night of the demons is still a good movie dude i watched it probably i think i watched it during this halloween it was on pluto i watched it and i was like fuck this movie is actually a good horror movie it held up i well actually they came out the same year so oh shit i mean Good on him. He, you know, he he got all those titties on film for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you seen Night of the Demons? Um, I watched that a few years ago. I like to. That's a good Halloween movie because it's it's got trick or treating and everything. Oh yeah. in it. it's, it's set during Halloween, but it it held up good. It's still a good type of horror movie. Oh, the effects in it are great too. Like when they start turning, like the one guy turns into the pig demon, like yeah. he legit looks scary oh, yeah. as fuck. I mean, the ending's always my favorite. The only thing I don't like about that movie is, I mean, it's got so many good things, but it has that one thing I don't like in horror movies, and I mentioned it before on, on this podcast, is it has that, like, circular, like, the, the, the characters keep running around in circles because, like, yeah. it's, you know, they can't escape magically for some reason. I, I don't like that because it, it just seems like it drags the movie out. Um, they don't give a, a real good reason why they can't cross, like, you know, over the, the gate or the, the, the wall. You know, the, the wall or whatever to get out of there. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, but I mean, for what happens in the movie, it's pretty good. Um, some movie posters for, uh, silent night, deadly night featured a long text preamble that read, if a nightmare on M street gave you sleepless nights, or if Halloween made you jump in every shadow, or if Friday the 13th was more frightening than the others, then beware. Like that's what it said. That's not a good tagline to me. It's not like no, it's if, too uh, if this movie doesn't make, you know, scare you, then your skin's too tight. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like that. If this movie doesn't scare you, well, fuck you. 
I mean, Fuck people you. weren't as desensitized back then, though. So that might, I mean, it might have triggered some people, but. This film was known as Sleigh Ride throughout its production. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristar decided to change the name to Silent Night, Deadly Night at the last minute. I think that's a better name. Yeah. Uh, the, the title Sleigh Ride actually ended up being a subplot in another film, the Disney holiday movie, Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> in the Ernest film, the prospective Santa that Ernest is looking for is appearing in a horror film entitled Christmas Sleigh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I love Ernest films. I'm sorry. I just do. No, I like uh, it. This film shares no connection to Black Christmas, despite uh, bearing a similar title to the former's original title, Silent Night, Evil Night, uh, or the killers both being named Billy. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Uh, em, uh, Emilia that I work with uh, wanted to po- point out that the Boston metalcore mm. band, Ice Nine Kills, wrote a song titled Merry Xmas for Silent Night, Deadly Night. The song appears on their 2018 album, The Silver Scream, and, the, and they reenact like scenes from this movie whenever they're playing it on, on stage, which is pretty cool. That's pretty so. cool. <laughs> Uh, the film was banned in both Ontario and Alberta, Canada in 1987 due to its content. Who the fuck cares about Canada? (laughs) And the film ends with Billy being gunned down and the camera panning up toward his younger brother, Ricky, muttering the words naughty. That was shot for the, that was a hell of a good ending, man. I love that ending. I do. I, I love it. I mean, it's got the right amount of cheese, but it's also good at the same time. Um, this was a, this was shot for the sole purpose of setting up a potential sequel that would have Ricky as the killer, and we've already discussed his movie. So there you go. Uh, Death Holler Awards for this movie. Uh, final girl rating. <laughs> Noah says there is no final girl. I could almost accept that, but Mother Superior, how is she is the final girl? <laughs> she is the final girl. No, she so... would be considered the actual bad person in the entire equation. Oh, well, she is. She is listed as in some of the articles I've read. She is listed as um, one of the villains of the film. Yeah, but she's she's probably a virgin. She's a pure. You, would assume. you know, according. I bet to, she was going ham with herself in that room, especially after catching that supple yeah. fucking. Probably oh, beating yeah. herself yeah. with like a whip or something while yeah. she's doing it. I mean, she gave that vibe. You like that, don't but you? Did bitch? The, but did the killer know that? <laughs> Probably not. Um, I mean, she, I, I don't know. She's just lucky, is what she is. Yeah, she is she not a final girl. I mean, she's a villain. She she is a villain, but that's not to say that the final girl can't be a villain. I mean, it's yeah. not traditional, but that's not to say that they can't be. Um, the funny thing is, is that like she, although she does have balls standing up to Billy, because she like literally doesn't back down from him when he starts like you know raising the axe to chop her. I mean, like she still she doesn't actually do anything to take him out. So, I mean, she's pretty terrible as a final, she's a terrible final girl all the way around. If she is one, I'm just yeah. out there, but even like taking the killer out, that These wasn't are the her. days she... of establishing a final girl though. We're not quite there yet. Well, we are at this point. Oh, I mean, yeah, this we is are into the eighties. So we've got, we've had Michael, uh, you know, with Laurie Strode, we've had, uh, I mean, this is the same year that Freddie and, uh, I think it was, uh, is it Nancy? I think is her name in that movie. Yeah, so, so like, this is essentially established I, final girl. We I would have say, one established final girl. I would girl. say Sister Margaret's more of a final girl. 
she's like a Dr. Loomis type, though. She's yeah. kind of in between because she's the one that's trying to uh, keep Billy on the straight and narrow, but at the same time, like, she's trying to look out for his, like, mental safety. She's never and in well-being. any danger at any point. She's not in any danger. For sure, Mother Superior is. Yeah, he, he doesn't go after Sister Margaret. He knows, and I mean, and she's a good-looking nun, so let, let's give yeah. her a do. I mean, she's... <laughs> Uh, killer rating Billy the Santa Killer. He, he's pretty good. He's pretty good killer. I mean, he he, he is. Yeah, I mean, he's he, got. He checks all the boxes. He's mentally disturbed. He he has. He's fucking the, jacked. Yeah, he's jacked. He's got the uh, the strength to do. He's got the will. He's been lifting boxes in the back without fucking forklifts for the last year and a half. Or last six months, getting ready to go on a murdering spree for Christmas. Yeah. He's got the sexual repression that you need to set yeah. up a good killer. I mean, I mean, that's a thing for like actual serial killers. That's the biggest thing. It's going to be mental retardation, and it's going to be sexual repression. Um, and his kills were badass. So as a killer, he he's up there. He's not a bad killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the slasher goes. Yep. Uh, best kill. I got to give it to Denise. I, I know the guy getting his head chopped off is good too, but uh, those titties, they're out for full display the entire time she's hanging there. So got to give it to Denise. I stand firm on Pamela because her titties were still out, but the kill was more realistic. I like yeah. a good old sleigh ride. <laughs> the, sl- the sleigh ride kill was pretty good. Yeah, it was. And th- and that could be realistic too. I mean, it's not, but I mean, I th- it it could happen. His taglines is what sells me on yeah. his kills more than anything. The kills, yeah, they're good, but the taglines they're like the they're the best. <laughs> oh, I love it. Punish, yeah. naughty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best scream. I got to give it to Sister Margaret. Man, she can scream her lungs yeah. out, and she does. Yeah, I can't even argue that. Why is there not a shower scene with Sister Margaret? Oh, my God. I, I, I swear, if there was, this movie would, I, I don't care what her rating system is, if we're not even going back to the old one, 13 out of 10, <laughs> recommend everybody if there was. Um, worst scream, I don't think it's the worst, but the funniest is a kid who sees the decapitated friend on the sled. It's, <laughs> it's almost like it's a bark. It's like not even a full scream. Worst scream for me was the goddamn baby at the beginning of the movie because nobody would shut that fucking kid up. I was uh, waiting for the murderer little, little to go Ricky and shut it up. It's a little dramatic. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, shut up. You don't even understand what's going on. Uh, best side character, I got to give it to Mr. Sims. Listen, that line, seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. It's time over. To, time to, to get, get shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a shame he had to die. I thought he would have eked out of there. Yeah, they he should have he should have just uh, somehow like you know got knocked his way over, out. but then like survived. He he was cool. Yeah, he he was. <laughs> he he should have sloshed his way out of there drunk. Yeah, he was an innocent he victim. Have. Uh, best boobs, Denise, 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 uh, and th- and that's tough because this movie uh, was full of good boobs. The yeah. mom, I think the mom's tits were nice. Yeah, the moms were nicer to me. They were a little bit fuller. Denise was just a, she's in shape, but she's like super skinny. And it's, I, you know me, I do not like small titties. I, I know. I, I was the, wondering what you would say about that whenever what, I saw how skinny Linnea was in this movie. The problem is her titties <laughs> look fake. 
and I, they probably are. We were, to be yeah, oh yeah. She, if she doesn't have fake titties, then she definitely has fake titties now. Uh, it's hard to tell. They were a little more jigglier than fake titties, especially back then, would have been. So it's possible that they were real. And then as she got older, she definitely got some some fake some you know Tupperware yeah. titties. I like natural titties. They feel good in your hand. <laughs> I just uh, the reason I list her is because she was willing to put them out there for like I mean like I swear to you it was like ten minutes of this movie it felt like she just had them on full display. She, okay, you know what I didn't understand? She went to the front door without a oh, goddamn yeah. top on, but she put her shorts on. They're shorts that were shorter than her underwear. Hey, you <laughs> why didn't she I just mean, go up there in her panties it, and go to the door? It's it's one thing to show some some tits, but you can't show that bush. Not in the eighties. Well, I know, I mean, but she, yeah, she could have just gone in her underwear. Yeah, I think that would have been a better move by the director. It, it was just funny. I'm not disagreeing. If there was more on display for Linnea Quigley, it would have been fine. I would it was, have been fine. Well, but. the shorts. Okay, it was funny because the shorts were sexier than the underwear. She had she had almost a, a, almost a bit of granny panty going on. But it was just funny that she put the shorts on and you could see like the white granny panties poking out underneath the shorts. And I was like, this is fucking like hilarious, you know? That poor guy That's missed a- out on some action. He, he sure did. He he probably is the the saddest death in the movie. I, I Hands down. Gentlemen, take heed. If you want to get some pussy, go out and get her pussy for her so she doesn't leave the room. Or at least go up, <laughs> at least go up there and pretend you did. Yeah, I found the cat. Oh, yet another movie where a cat leads to somebody's yes. death. Yep. Fucking cat. So in my book, that's the best side character. <laughs> the cat? Yep. Yeah, fucking ruining everything. Ruin Christmas again. <laughs> How annoying is the Doom Prophet? Oh, Grandpa kicks ass. He's not. He's yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> not annoying. He's creepy. Yeah, he's just creepy. So he is like he's a necessary Doom Prophet because you rarely need one, you know. Yeah, he. I mean, it couldn't have a better setup. Like just the way he came. You know, he he came and he went in the movie and he served his purpose purpose perfectly. So you yeah, know, no problems with him. I, that's how Noah's gonna be as a grandpa. I could just see it. Like he's fucking crazy. He's not even talking like that. He'll talk. He's just pretending not to talk because he doesn't want to talk to me. Really? Uh, d- dumbest decision uh, to me: it's Mother Superior taking a trauma, making a traumatized oh, yeah. child sit on Santa's lap. That part following by was uh, epic. Sister Margaret getting Billy a job at the toy store during Christmas. Like she those are both really dumb. Help. The best is when he punched the fucking Santa. <laughs> This is fucking... And then the guy looks up like, what'd I do? What, what the fuck's wrong with this yeah. kid? You know? <laughs> um, so you've not said your piece on this. And I want to give you your time because I feel like you've got something bad to say because you can clearly tell that me and Noah love this movie for what it is. And I got a feeling that you've got something bad to say. Um, shall I just kick off the rating so I could just like verbal bukkake right now? Well, I mean, we don't officially rate these, but just, you know, say how you feel about it. Um, you know, I loved this movie a lot, like a lot. (laughs) Like I was like, these are awesome. The kills, like they were to me, they were just so good. And even though some of them were a little, a little over the top, it wasn't too bad. Um, like, you know, her getting hooked on the antlers. It was cool to me. It wasn't like crazy or cheesy i was like he was fucking jacked up on something man some mountain dew you know you know you know what would have been the over the top move if he had hung her off the antlers and then the fucking thing collapsed and fell down and pelled her even more 
That would have been cool, but then they yeah. would have had her like you know still hanging up there so they could show more of her tits. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, and she was yeah, on yeah. full full body display, so it served its purpose. Um, and I was like, man, because uh, I mean, you you guys have to know that I did not like Black Christmas a lot. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't racist. terrible. <laughs> It she was likes a, that white Christmas. Yes, yeah, I like Christmas. <laughs> it was the Mother Superior Christmas. Um, Black Christmas was definitely a snooze fest because I fell asleep at the end and had to rewatch the ending at work. <laughs> Fucking what? Yes, you saw me fall asleep. You're like, are you sleeping? I was snoring. I know you heard me snoring. That I movie heard myself was snoring. Hell good. I just didn't look at. I liked. All I'm saying is, I liked uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night more. I stayed awake. It does not rate on the snooze fest rating. Black Christmas is more of a classical type of movie. Well, good for it. Anyways, go. <laughs> you heretic. I loved Silent Night, Deadly Night. If I if we were gonna rate it unofficially on the or officially on the Rotten Corpses scale, I would give it a good four and a half out of five. It will get definitely. It gives me more incentive. It gives me a little bit more. Um, it makes me a little more excited to watch uh, slashers because I they're not my thing. It's. I, I mean, I'm I'm happy that you liked it because I was watching it and I was like, I, I feel bad for her if she hates this because <laughs> this is the this is the quintessential thing that people come to slashers for. There is everything in this yeah. movie that you could possibly want. I, I loved it. I think you know, here's the thing though, is cause the deaths looked so good. I don't care if a death is over the top. If the blood looks hella fake or the body looks like it's plastic, like obviously Art the Clown when he's ripping that one girl part. It's just oh, everything yeah. looks so plasticky and fake. Whereas this looked legitimate. I mean, every single death looked legitimate, no matter how over the top it got. And I appreciated that in the film. So um, I wonder even, how you're going to react to Freddy when you get to him because oh, like, and I know I remember some like of the way out there, but there's the effects are done so well. Like it's uh. some of them I remember looking again. I was younger. I remember some of them looking cheesy. So we're gonna have to see how I react to that. It's what gonna be the a rewatch. Fuck? So I'm not saying they weren't oh, by good the way, deaths. Linnea Quigley was in one of the uh, Nightmare films, too. First so. one, wasn't it? No, I think she was in three or four. She, whenever he opens up his like his sweater at one point, and there's like the souls that are like oh, yeah. in there. I that's, think she's it, like one of those. That's it's, my favorite one, remember? Dream, the Dream Children. Dream Child. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember she, telling you about that. She's in one of the, the movies. That's the, that's the third one, isn't it? Uh, the Dream Warriors is part three. God, that's a good that that is probably one of the best sequels in a horror franchise or that or a slasher franchise that we'll be covering because it takes everything from the first movie, improves upon it, and it adds all the stuff that 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 Irena liked about this. Like it, the one liners are better, mm-hmm. the the effects are better, like the whole thing. Oh, don't get me wrong, I thought the one liners were cheesy as fuck, and I was like, ugh. But I mean, I didn't hate it. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of here. Let's put it this way: I just kind of ignored it because I was just like enjoying the the actual. That's what I'm gonna do next time I'm having sex. I'm gonna be like punish. (laughs) Your microphone is cut off. That is it. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't I can't disagree with anything you said. I, I'd probably rate it four and a half, too, if I was giving it an old scale, just because it's a fun fucking movie. Like, I, I hate that this movie was, like, canceled, yeah. you know, I so feel many bad. years I'm, ago. I'm glad that the actor didn't go into some, well, he might have gone into a depression, but some actors are just like, 
they fucking completely lose it, and obviously some can kill themselves, or they just never able to make a return at all in any capacity. So I feel bad that he was kind of you know shunned that way. And and he was he was good as the killer. I mean, yeah, like, he you know there was nothing I could say about his acting that was bad as far as like the, I mean what he needed to do is the is the killer. Yeah. So. Um. It, Anything left to say before we get out of here? No, I think we should discuss, though. Uh, okay, so this is the Christmas one. Um, are we taking a little winter break? Are we reviewing another film before we get into um, Friday the 13th, which is in January? Christmas, bloody Christmas. He needs to watch that. We'll review that one. That's a good slasher one. Yeah, that was not on the oh, list. We might consider it. The stone is a, as a, as a caught one. Well, it's- I don't know if we're going to be getting in the studio. Oh. Uh, What's the, what's, what's the, what was the plan originally? We were originally going to try to do or, uh, an extra episode of Violent Night. Oh, yes. That. We're trying to do that. I just, for some strange reason, it's not available to me. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeknownst. Um, it's at the theater, God damn it. <laughs> and we, we uh, were going to watch something else, too, we just discussed the other day. And we were going to try to squeeze it in next weekend. Reverend, dude, you'd like Christmas, Bloody Christmas. The soundtrack's awesome. The movie's fucking awesome. You'd like I'll, it. I'll, I'll watch it. I've seen enough people, but it might just be, like, for time consideration, I might just have to lump it into, like, our cold open for yeah. the next episode that we do. Um, we talked about hitting up Chainsaw. Yes, um, yes, yes. Okay, and that we were going to try to get in next weekend. Because time-wise... Uh, Chainsaw is is technically still a proto slasher. The first one, it's not. There's no. There's a final girl, but not really in that yeah. movie. Like she, she doesn't really stand up to you know Leatherface. She just kind of gets away. Um, and then part two is officially a slasher because it has all the the makings of one. Got so. It. Um, and then there's all the other ones we can kind of discuss, but those are the ones we'll cover in depth. So it's part one and part two, because to me, they're the best ones. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to throw in uh, Chainsaw 3D because we have Alexandra <laughs> Daddario and her boobies, and we got to discuss those. But like, other than that, like, you know, Arlie Army was good for what he played in the remakes. But yeah. I, I just didn't think Jessica Bill was the greatest. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like, you know, throw that out there it's like oh god she was so good in the remake and nah, she was all right I'm, see i'm not a big jessica bill fan i'm not either there wasn't anything that she really did that stood out to me uh she was okay in blade was it three uh she was okay in that she wasn't great but she was okay in that movie um but yeah she never really stood out to me as like you know, like one of the best actresses of her generation by any means. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure we we were on that track of, okay, we I knew there was one movie in between before we did uh, Friday the 13th, which we have a couple weeks, obviously, until Friday the 13th. That's in January. That's next year. Um, so, yeah, we can jump on uh, – we can jump on um, Texas Chainsaw and whatever we want to do with those. There's so many movies mm-hmm. in Friday the 13th series. I know, well, I know we're breaking it into two different parts, and we'll do the other half whenever the next Friday the 13th throws the actual Friday the 13th throws around in 2023. But uh, I, that's at least six movies yeah. that we're going to have to attempt to watch. <laughs> um, Is that just for the first half? Yeah, the first half, because there's – 
there's obviously, I mean, one, two, three, four, and five. I mean, and then there's and then there's six, seven, eight. Uh, let's see. There's Jason goes to hell. No, don't uh, don't put that one in there. We. we- <laughs> That better be a hot take, dude. That is such a uh, fucking uh, Jason X. That um, one's even worse. Uh, then we have Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure isn't I'm that where my in there somewhere. isn't that where my uh, Jason Voorhees' mom comes from, where she's like calling him out of the grave to go d- kill Freddy. Uh, that could be from any of the first three because I feel like they called back to her. And, my I mean, sweet boy. Um, really, to me, like the best ones ended at eight because that was Manhattan, and even then, that one was pushing it. It was just goofy, like it. It you know, uh, yeah. seven was cool. Something about him had, like, going to the city didn't big city. Yeah, that didn't fit. Like, did your son like that one? Because he loves the big city. Love I Jason. I Harris. don't know if you've seen it. Oh, uh, you got to download that for him. No, what? it's on there. We have everything. Oh. All those movies are on there right now. What is his favorite one so far? Oh. Oh, I forgot one. The remake with Jared Padalecki. That's hell a good movie. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. he likes J-Pad. And we we definitely have to review that. I mean, we can't we oh. can't get by without discussing Jared Padalecki's remake and then the remake for My Bloody Valentine with yeah. you know, Jensen Ackles. Yeah. All the, the all those were pretty good. The Jason remake and the Freddy Krueger remake were hell good. Yeah, I did like the Freddy Krueger remake. I remember, but I see, I remember that one versus. See, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm I'm trying to think of the guys that that played Freddy on the remake. With what the hell is it? Uh, Jack Earl Haley? That guy's a badass actor. He he nailed he that. He's a role. good actor. Yes. Um, I haven't watched the remake to be perfectly honest with you because it got so much shit. And uh, oh, what? I, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to for the podcast. I, I'm yeah. I mean, well, some things are awesome to save for like the podcast. Most people. Yeah. If we haven't seen it, it, it is kind of cool to save it to, and be like, hey, this is the well, first time I catch this. You'll like the remake, dude. It did a good job remaking that. Yeah, the only thing I heard was bad was that they that a lot of people didn't like the final girl in that one. Like, they they thought she was annoying, and that kind of made her, like, not really somebody they could root, by, you know, yeah, root for. Yeah, but the movie's so good that it's easy to overlook her. <laughs> But um, I mean, look at the final girl in Barbarian. It fucking annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah, but that's true. And, but you know, also she also got she got what she deserved in that movie for her bad decision. So um, I don't know. Chainsaw is going to be rough, though. I, I mean, it's in the sense that I don't know that I can sit and actually give a you know a good watching to all the films and that again. Yeah, there's no way. I will do my best. I'm going to tell you, I'm not watching the the new one that came out on Netflix again. Oh. Ever. I don't, I don't care. We'll for talk it. about that one in passing. Um, <laughs> I know uh, we kind I of are. Already... If I can find it, I do kind of want to watch the one from Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger again because that the one is third so one. fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that has some of the it's... nicest titties ever on a movie. It probably does, but it's also like I remember watching it all. A long time ago, we're in the VHS of it and thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, because if I remember right, Matthew McConaughey's like cross-dressing and like, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, it's out there. It is. I'll give you that. It is. But... You're, the best you're going to get out of me is one and two and the remake. Oh, that's fine. Because yeah. like I said, I don't know that I'll be hitting all the, the other ones. Yeah. Because there was one that was done... Uh, that was just Leatherface was the name of it or something that came out like you know, not long before this newest one. And like that one's supposed to be dog shit bad. Like, I mean, you know, 
maybe uh, some people like the new movie, so I can't really. But the the one before that with Leatherface talking about like his like the prequel to all that, how, like he how he got to how he was that everybody pretty much no, says that was bad. If that's the one I, that that I'm thinking of, I thought it was pretty good. I remember that. You might. I don't you, know. I, they're you might not my check favorite slashers. I'm just gonna say it. I love one and two, but that's about where my love ends for that series. Leather <laughs> Leatherface was the 2017 film. Yes, that was actually pretty good. Hmm. I I don't remember it. It's in a secluded remote area in this White House. It's hella good. I actually liked it. Hmm. Interesting. It was shockingly good. Yeah. Okay. But 3D's not terrible. Like I said, you got Alexandria Daddario to stare at for most of the movies. Why so, is it called you know, 3D? It's just not, it's not the original film in 3D. It's like a newer, not, well, an, a remade film in 3D. I, I don't know. It was the 3D thing that was going on at the time. Uh, yeah. They, it's, it's, it's funny because it's supposed to be like unofficially another part two, but the time discrepancies don't ever match up in the movie. And that's one of the biggest problems with it because like, so basically, at the beginning of the movie, it starts right out, right where the first movie ends. Like, I mean, part two didn't, it doesn't exist in this universe. Like, oh. it's, you know, it's like they're all at the house, all the Sawyer clan, whatever you want to call them, are there. Uh, the police show up, blow the shit out of the place. Like, they're just unloading gun after gun. Uh, everybody in there is dead, uh, except for they find a baby in the back room skip ahead so many years well the one person who didn't die was Leatherface, and he's been missing for years oh, and then, okay. like the movie goes on from there and then uh, you know there and then you know and, but the thing of the movie is and this is spoiling it slightly but i mean it's not that big of a reveal oh, no. alexander daddario it was the baby oh i figured um, as much and, and now she's grown up but the thing is the original movie took place in 74 alexander daddario's 20 at best in the movie if you want i mean she's really young and and they've got cell phones and everything, so it's set in modern times, and that's what don't make any sense. It's like there's a big gap between '74, even as a baby, to you know, like twenty whatever, twenty eleven, whenever it came out. I don't remember. Um, so what they could have done is they could have said it in the '90s and it would have worked, but you know, or maybe, but like they didn't. I don't I don't know why that they didn't. Uh, and that that's one of the biggest plot holes in the movie is the time discrepancy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, the chainsaw movies are not known for their attention to details. So, I mean, we, we can kind of forgive that, I guess. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be not, those aren't the type of people. So no, it's full hacking slash. Yeah. It's, it's the bloodiest non bloody movie in existence. The first one is, <laughs> There's no blood shown in the movie the entire way, but everybody thinks there is wow. because of the way that, that Hooper, Toby Hooper cut it. At minimum, at least I'm slightly more enthused after watching oh, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to be... Part two is like Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't know about part one. That is more like... Uh, to me, it's like, seriously, the first chainsaw is like watching a snuff film. Like, you're watching a documentary more yeah. than you are an actual movie. That's what I thought, and I think that's what I remember liking about it. I do know for a fact that the remake, I liked how that one ended. Or maybe it was the first one where it ends just on his face, and we're like, this is the only footage ever of Leatherface, and they made it seem like it was a real thing. And I was like, uh-uh. The first movie uh, ends with the final girl 
if you want to call her that, in the back of a pickup truck. She's stark raving mad. She's just laughing to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's driving away, and then Leatherface is still doing his chainsaw dance, like where he's swinging the, yeah. the chainsaw around. And then it just, you know, kind of like pans out from him a little bit. shows like the sun setting behind him, and then it goes. That, that's how the movie Okay, ends. so it was the remake then. So I, I yeah. do remember oh. liking that. So anyways. Well, that's uh, what we're covering next. So <laughs> that was a long that, rant. <laughs> yeah. With that, peace be with you. And with your spirit.